Thank you, Pastor Katie. We are continuing on with our uh, sermon series uh, that is focusing on Moses and uh, his journey with the Israelite people. Uh, last week, we were um, with Exodus chapter 20, taking a look at the Ten Commandments, 10 of 613. Uh, today, we're going to fast forward a few chapters to Exodus 23. It's a short uh, reading today, and if it sounds familiar, it should because we read something very similar in the Ten Commandment reading last week. So, uh, Exodus chapter 23, verses 12 and 13. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, so that your ox and your donkey may have relief, and your home-born slave and the resident alien may be refreshed. Be attentive to all that I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that as we enter into another conversation on your Sabbath day about Sabbath rest that something may click for us that leads us to a, a better practice of it. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Preaching can be a lot like parenting sometimes. I do not mean that I view you as my children. It's, it's, it's not that at all, but what I do mean is that you find yourself repeating yourself a lot. Repeating yourself a whole lot. It wasn't that long ago that we had a Sunday that we talked about Sabbath. But here we are talking about it again. And you best believe it will not be that long and we'll be back here on another Sunday talking about it again. Moses knows Moses knows. It wasn't that long ago that the Ten Commandments were announced and Sabbath keeping was one of them. But here we are again, and here is a reminder. Here it is repeated. Sabbath. Keep it. And then later on in Exodus, and then later on in several other places, and then in some more places, more reminding, more repeating. Sabbath, 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 keep it, keep it, keep it. Saying it just once is not enough. In fact, at one point in Moses' journey toward uh, leading the Israelite people into the promised land, it is announced that if someone does not keep Sabbath or if someone prevents someone else from keeping Sabbath, they shall be put to death. Do not keep Sabbath Make it to where somebody else cannot keep Sabbath, death. Talking about a little extra incentive for following the rules. As I mentioned last week, in following the rules, a Sabbath keeping is one of the hardest ones to follow. If it is not one of the hardest ones to follow, it, it may actually be the hardest one to follow. 
It's no wonder that Moses has to continuously repeat it. It's no wonder that myself and other preachers have to continue to repeat it. It's tough. Sabbath keeping is tough. It's even tough for, for preachers. Look, two weeks ago, I ran out three tanks of gas and never left Moore County. True story. And I get good gas mileage. Three tanks of gas, never left Moore County. By the time Sunday, last Sunday that is, rolled around, I was exhausted. I came and I preached three sermons about how you should obey all rules. And then I went home and I crashed. I crashed three hours out. Some may call it rest. It's not rest. It's exhaustion. And exhaustion is not Sabbath. Henry Nouwen once said that God is not interested in the sacrament of your exhaustion. That's not Sabbath. We will talk more about what Sabbath is here in a moment. But first, let's talk a bit more about why it is hard to keep and what it is not. Now, on the surface, we can blame our busyness for our lack of Sabbath. We can blame our busyness. We can, we can talk at length about our busyness and how it prevents us from Sabbath keeping. It's true, our busyness is a problem. We can also blame misguided priorities for a lack of Sabbath. It's true, our misguided priorities are a problem. We can talk at length about our misguided priorities and how they keep us from Sabbath. We can blame pressure from external sources, pressures for us to perform in many arenas, in many capacities for our lack of Sabbath. We could talk about that at length. It's true. The pressures that we feel to perform, they are a problem. But today, however, I want to simplify things a bit. I want to simplify things a bit that encompasses all these problems into one bigger problem that those of us with the human condition wrestle with. We treat life like a pursuit when we should be treating it as a pilgrimage. We treat life like a pursuit when we should be treating it like a pilgrimage. It is the approach to life as a pursuit that makes us so busy. It is the approach to life as a pursuit that causes our priorities to get out of whack. It is our approach to life as a pursuit that puts all this extra pressure on us to perform unrealistic expectations on us to perform in many arenas, in many capacities. It is the pursuit for more, more things, more money, more good feelings more memories, more acquisitions, more vindication, more, more, more. It is the pursuit of happiness. 
It is the pursuit of happiness, and not just our own happiness, but the happiness of those we love that causes us to miss out on our Sabbath keeping. It is the pursuit of happiness that causes us to run our gas tanks out, our spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical tanks out as well. It is the pursuit of happiness that sends us out on the quest for more. And what we unfortunately discover that in any pursuit of more, even if it is more happiness, we will find that there is never going to be enough. Never enough. And that's why we need to treat life less like a pursuit and more like a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a holy journey. It is a journey toward joy, not a pursuit of happiness. A journey toward joy. And true joy can only be experienced in a life that has a rhythm that includes Sabbath. This is the case, friends, because God made it that way. In the beginning... And ever since, there can be no true joy apart from Sabbath. This was God's intent. This is God's design. God says, if you want to find joy, you must find it in my presence. On the seventh day, as we delight in creation together. To echo the words of the great Abraham Joshua Heschel, all of our life should be a pilgrimage to the seventh day. The thought and appreciation of what this day may bring to us should be ever present in our minds. Sabbath should be the thing that we prioritize. It should be the thing that we journey toward week in and week out. For Sabbath, friends, is is the counterpoint of living the melody sustained through all the agitations that menace our conscience. It is our awareness of God's presence in the world. In our pilgrimage toward Sabbath, we also pilgrimage toward God with God. It's a dualistic reality that's hard to comprehend how we pilgrimage toward God with God. It's hard to get as it should be. Our responsibility is not to understand it, but to participate in it. If understanding is our goal, we've entered into pursuit mode and out of pilgrimage mode. If we are in pilgrimage mode, we do not seek any knowledge. We learn how to just be. How to just be in the presence of all that is. Participation in the holy. Participation in the appreciation and delight of all that God sat in appreciation and delight of on that first seventh day when God said, look at this. This is very good. And it is very good. All that is, even us, we just gotta, just gotta slow down. 
long enough to appreciate it, to delight in it. You know, yesterday I mentioned we had our confirmation retreat, and we wrapped up the last, what do you think, Pastor, maybe 45 minutes or so, doing what I call a look-and-see exercise. We went outside. We went outside, and the rule was that nobody could talk, except for me, of course. And then I, if I do talk, like then I may open up the opportunity for other people to talk, but, but we just went outside. We just walked around and looked at stuff. I challenged them to walk through the pine straw and to see if they could do so without making a sound. We noticed mushrooms. Different types of moss. We looked at this stuff and we were able to see, look, it is good. See it? If you see it, it's good. We heard a cricket that for a moment was louder than all the traffic going by on Airport Road. How is that possible? Look and see, this is good. Listen, it's good. Sabbath practice. It's pilgrimage. And it's amazing how just in a, a, a short amount of time of doing it, like, things come to life that you take for granted. Like, even on cloudy days, certain things start to sparkle a little different than what your eyes normally see. Fragrances that you do not notice, they come to life. The crickets get loud. Footsteps can be quiet. Sabbath. And it's available to us all the time. Now, I don't mean to downplay by saying it's available to us all the time. I don't mean to downplay a set-aside Sabbath day, an entire day of, of rest and delight. That matters, too. But that, that's a different sermon. <laughs> it's difficult to pull off that full day because of our pursuits, no doubt. I am advocating for the practice of Sabbath moments throughout each day. Because each day does present the opportunity for Sabbath moments. It's possible and it's good. And it's a way of life that we are meant to live. It's seeing things. It's seeing each other with the eyes of God. It's the pathway to true joy. It's not a happiness that we try to create ourselves. It's a true joy that, that flows from the grace of God into our being through our pilgrimage and our participation in it. 
is a gift. It is the aim of life. And until we finally get it, all of us, myself included, until we finally get it, like Moses and them, we're going to continue to hear about it over and over and over and over again. And the reason why is because it matters that much. It matters that much. Today, in something kind of out of the ordinary, I want to end with a question. A question that I want you to ponder today and as you find your way pilgrimage being toward Sabbath. The question is, what is your living for? What is your living for? Darlene's going to go ahead and get in place here. And in just a moment, we're going to prepare to sing our closing hymn. It's found in your bulletin. But the question I want you to sit with, what is your living for?